Hi friends, this is Megan, and you're listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast, where we encourage women to love Jesus and live purposely in every area of life. Hello friends, and welcome or welcome back to the She Lives Purposefully podcast. My name is Megan, and I am the host of this podcast and the founder of She Lives Purposefully, and I am so glad that you are here. I hope and pray that you are encouraged and equipped by this incredible episode that I am so excited for. I am so honored that you would choose to spend this time with me on the podcast chatting about Esther and studying the scripture, studying scripture together, um, I want you to know that my heart is for you, for you to walk with Jesus well and for you to live purposefully. I want to encourage you before we start this episode to, as always, share this episode with one friend today, build them up in their walk with Christ, encourage them, exhort them and share this with them. And if you haven't yet, of course, be sure to subscribe to the She Lives Purposely podcast so that you don't miss a single episode of encouragement. As you probably have caught on by now, we are doing two episodes a week on Mondays. We are doing our Bible study Mondays and on Thursdays, we're doing more topical guest podcast um, podcasts. So I'm really excited about that. And from um, your feedback, you guys have been to praise the Lord. I'm so excited. But all that to say, you you have to subscribe so that you don't miss any encouragement, any incredible guests, any um, just words from the Lord in, in the Bible studies um, and all that good stuff. Okay, so now whether you are sitting ready to take notes with your Bible, maybe you are cooking, cleaning, driving, you're at work, whatever it is, get ready to be encouraged and equipped. Um, today we are going through Esther 2. Last week we started um, the new book. Just a month ago we started doing Bible studies. Um, and we started with the book of Ruth, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't yet already. I highly encourage you to. The book of Ruth is so powerful, so incredible, and there is so much that the Lord has for us, has for you in that book. He, you know, all of the Bible is God inspired. It is his words to us and, and every bit of it is important. And so, um, too, you know, the book of Ruth is just such a sweet story. And again, there's so many lessons to learn from that and so many things to reap from that. Um, so I encourage you to check it out. But last week we started the book of Esther, which if you have been listening or you follow, she lives purposefully on Instagram, you know that Esther is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. I love the book of Esther for so many reasons. Um, but there is just so much goodness in there that the Lord has spoken to me about. And just, um, I have read from commentaries and studies and things like that. And so we actually have, she just purposefully has its own Esther study that I will link in the show notes that you can download for free, no cost to you, free study um, that you can get and you can follow along. We take a lot of that um, study and put it into this podcast so um, you can follow along with the study on there. So I encourage you to download that. And if you did not, if you missed last week, to listen to that one as well because we are hopping right into chapter two this week. Um, I am going to read Esther chapter two with you. Um, so here we go. And this is going to be the English standard version. And it goes like this. 
After these things, when the anger of King Ahasuerus had abated, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's young men who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought out for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to the harem in Susa the citadel, under custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the women. Let their cosmetics be given them, and let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This pleased the king, and he did so. Now there was a Jew in Susa, the citadel, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, son of Shimi, son of Kish, a, Benjam a Benjaminite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem among the captives, carried away from Jeconia, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, the daughter of his uncle, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was lovely to look at. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her in as his own daughter. So when the king's order and his edict were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered in Susa the citadel in custody of Haggai, Esther also was taken into the king's palace and put in custody of Haggai, who had charge of the women. And the young woman pleased him and won his favor. The young woman pleased him, so it's Esther, and won his favor. And he quickly provided her with her cosmetics and her portion of food, and with seven chosen young women from the king's palace, and advanced her and her young women to the best place in the harem. Esther had not made known her people or kindred, for Mordecai had commanded her not to make it known, and every day Mordecai walked in front of the court to the harem to learn how Esther was and what was happening to her. Now when the turn came for each young woman to go in to King Ahasuerus after being twelve months under the regulations for the women, since this was the regular period of their beautifying, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with spices and ointments for women. When the young woman went in to the king in this way, she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the harem of the king's palace. In the evening she would go in, and in the morning she would return to the second harem in custody of Shazgaz, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the concubines. She would not go in to the king again unless the king delighted in her and she was summoned by name. When the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the, son, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his own daughter to go into the king, she asked for nothing except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who had charge of the woman, advised. Now Esther was winning favor in the eyes of all who saw her, and when Esther was taken to, the, to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign, the king loved Esther more than all the women, and she won grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king gave a great feast for all his officials and servants. It was Esther's feast. He also granted a remission of taxes to the provinces and gave gifts with royal generosity. Now when the virgins were gathered together the second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Esther had not made known her kindred or her people, as Mordecai had commanded her, for Esther obeyed Mordecai just as she was brought up by him. In those days, as Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, 
who guarded the threshold, became angry and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And this came to the knowledge of Mordecai, and he told it to Queen Esther. And Esther told the king in the name of Mordecai. When the affair was investigated and found to be so, the men were both hanged in the gallows, and it was recorded in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. So that is Esther chapter 2. It is a big chapter. There is a lot um, that happens here. We are introduced to a Jewish orphan and her cousin, Esther and Mordecai, for the first time in this story. Um, the king is in search for a new queen, and after this really long process and this hard process, he finally sets his eyes and heart on Esther. After choosing her, we see a subtle change in the king's character. At the end of the chapter, Mordecai discovers a plot to kill the king and ends up saving the king's life. So we're going to dive into this chapter. For any of my friends out there who may have watched the VeggieTale virgin version of Esther like I did, and I personally didn't realize the extent of how tragic this story is, chapter 2 can be a big shock. In verses 1-4, through four, the king has decided to find a new queen. To do so, he takes every young virgin from her home, has her prepped for 12 months, and then sleeps with each one, one per night, until he chooses a bride. What we see in this chapter is how God is in the worst of situations with us. He works in tragic times. He is taking this situation and turning it into good. Esther being chosen as queen will lead to the salvation of her people. But in this moment, in a hard and unfair moment, this story does not look like it will have a redeemed ending. This doesn't look like God is working all things for good, but in this book, we will see that he will. He goes above and beyond to do so. In our hardest, most ho hopeless moments, it's important to know that God is working. He is the same God going above and beyond to work all things for good. He, his will does prevail. It may not be obvious in the hardest of times, but it will shine through. Seeing this truth from the outside in the book of Esther, we can apply it to our own lives. We don't need to doubt his presence in our situation. We can know that he is working in all things. In this chapter, we also see Esther's incredible character, a character we can all reap lessons from. Esther was placed <clears throat> in an unfair situation, totally out of her control, but even in this place, her actions and attitude are noteworthy. We know this because she found favor here. She acted in a manner that was favorable even in a hard situation. Now favor is from God. We can pray for favor from others, but it's important to note that Esther was not acting in a way that took her out of favor from others. She actually was the most favored. She acted in a manner that was favorable wherever she was placed. Her surroundings and her situation do not define the way she acts or who she is. <clears throat> in the last few verses of this section, it's noted in verses 17 through 18 that the king loved Esther. She won grace and favor in his sight, and he made her queen. After this, the king gave a, quote, great feast for all his officials and servants. All his officials and servants, here we go, I lost my feelings. And it was Esther's feast. 
He also granted a remission of taxes to the provinces and gave gifts with royal generosity. What a contrast, if we remember from the first chapter, where the king throws a 180-day feast just to show off his wealth and power. The different feasts reflect a different heart, at least for this season. We see a king who used to throw feasts of pride to one who throws feasts in the name of another and uses it to give a tax remission and gifts. The power of a positive impact and the power of being in love with a person of great character is powerful. We all want to be in love with this type of person, and we should be sure not to settle. But let's also be the type of people who can make that kind of impact on somebody else. And just a few quick points here um, that I, I think it's so important to note. One, God uses the foolish things of this world. He raised up Esther and will use her to save the Jews. He is you using someone who is the lowest of that society, a Jewish female orphan, to become queen and literally save the nation. Another point is, again, finding favor. The Lord brings unworked-for favor to Esther. This favor is what allowed her to rise up. Favor comes from the Lord. Ask the Lord for favor in others' eyes. He gives it. In verse 10, another point here, we see that Mordecai had commanded Esther to not talk about her people. I think it's interesting that the Lord is choosing to use this pair who are not outspoken about their faith or their people for strategic reasons, but still not outspoken. Um, something that we would maybe see as a negative quality, but the Lord uses them. Another thing in this section, we, you know, we come from this portion where the king finds Esther and chooses her and now she's queen and then we go into this different section that's a big change of events where Mordecai uncovers a plot. We read about the about two of the king's eunuchs who plan to kill the king. When Mordecai hears about the plot, he tells Esther who told the king in the name of Mordecai. The king was saved and the eunuchs were killed. An important note is that this deed was recorded in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king as the verse says. It's important to see Mordecai's actions here. They are an example of his character. Mordecai goes out of his way to save the king, the man who is family, although the king doesn't know because Esther is keeping a secret about who her people are. But the king is also the man who took Mordecai's cousin. Mordecai does a good thing to someone who has wronged his people, and he does it for no recognition and no gain. This good act towards someone who could be considered an enemy is recorded, and Mordecai gets credit, but not recognition or reward yet. Mordecai is loving even his enemies. He saves someone who wronged him. We will see later that Mordecai does indeed get the recognition in abundance and at the perfect time, a time that is like so incredibly perfect, it is only God's timing. Let's be obedient to the Lord, loving and doing good to both friends and enemies, even without recognition in the moment. God sees, he notes, he raises up the humble, even if there is never recognition on earth, the King of Kings sees what we do and our hearts. I hope that this kind of going through and study of 
Esther chapter 2 was an encouragement to you and the different things we talked about, I, um, I encourage you also to go and dive in on your own time and, and read it and see what the Lord wants to speak to you about in the book of Esther. Um, and as always, this is never, ever, ever meant to be a um, supplement to uh, your own Bible reading time, but only in something in addition to it. So I encourage you to do that. Um, I hope and pray again that you were encouraged and equipped by this episode. I am just want to encourage you to um, to not miss next week's episode and later this week as well. They're going to be fantastic episodes that I'm so excited for. Um, if you were encouraged and equipped, I encourage you to share this episode with one other person, with one of your friends, to build them up in their walk with Christ. And of course, as always, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and to leave a review so I can know what you think about the podcast. All right, friends, I love you. Live for Jesus well live purposefully, and have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. I would love to hear what you thought about the podcast on Instagram at she lives purposefully and to rate and review us wherever you're listening from. It really helps us to serve you guys better and just lets us know what you're thinking and feeling and what you're looking for even. Um, so feel free to do that. And also tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if it's been an encouragement to you, go and encourage them with it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you friends.